What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm feeling great. Did you know there's only two weeks until WrestleMania? Until WrestleMania? Until WrestleMania, yeah. I feel like they there's a WrestleMania every month. No, it's once a year. <laughs> no way. Are yeah, you sure, Marcus. You just went like two months ago. No, that when was the, to, like, that was the ago? Royal Rumble that I went oh, to. Okay. There are different. Right. That's a different thing. The WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year. It's the Super uh, that's Bowl like somebody telling me that like, oh, Pebble Beach is the ma- the Masters are this weekend, and uh, so so is the PGA Finals. Like they're, they're the same thing. Yeah, I mean, if you most, don't know, but it's yeah. a ninety. I mean, it's it's a it's a big. There's gonna be naked men, <laughs> mostly sling, naked. slinging themselves across a wrestling ring. Maybe there'll be a chair drop or two. Probably, yeah. A table may break, um, and that's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm happy. I am happy for you. That's cool. Two weeks. Two weeks. L.A. Two nights. Hell yeah! I'm not going, but I'll uh, be watching. You're not wrestling in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the uh, the concept that it's like a uh, all are welcome like uh, an invitational yeah yeah an invitational <laughs> uh we're also joined by kyle hilliard hey just a just a guest just a just, just a guest just present week yeah i guess it's just, th- thanks for holding it down i was uh traveling and then i was very very sick i was yeah. out for five days and i admit, boy am i stressed about that because yeah. I was finally like hitting my hitting my stuff, you know, I wasn't behind, caught up, yeah. and then I was out of the office for five days with a stomach bug. I let your was... body was like, nope. Yeah, and so now I'm behind again. Yeah. Well, now that you're back, Alex, can you tell Kyle everything that he did wrong live on air? Oh yeah, yeah. Give me the give me the notes. You know, I didn't listen. I was sick. <gasps> I can't believe you. You know, here's a I'm fun sorry. fact. I actually I went so far as to edit last week's episode. And I, when on the occasions when I'm not on the show and I listen to the Game Informer show, I listen at one and a quarter speed. So when I was editing it, it felt really slow. And then when I put the oh. theme song at the end, I was like, is this the, the I, why did he send me a slowed down version of no. the theme song? And then I remembered, oh yeah, I listened to it fast. <laughs> <laughs> I normally do listen to episodes I'm not on, but uh, I was just, I was too sick. No, I'm glad you're better, man. I'm glad you're feeling better. You're better. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, rounding out the crew today, we've got Blake Hester. Hello, Blake. Hello. Hey. Y'all, I went to uh, to New York City this week, and I had Katz's Deli, or Katz's Deli. Is, is that it, what it's nearly killed you? It's very, <laughs> no, I've no. heard of it. It's a very famous landmark. Yes, yes, it is, uh, with with a landmark that serves pastrami. Mm-hmm. Arguably and, the uh, best. The, yeah, it was phenomenal. I waited in line outside. It was the first time I've ever done that for a restaurant, like waited out a line out the door. And the 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 uh, security guard was very mean. What? Um, <laughs> but I was like, he takes his job seriously. Mean in the New York way, where it's yeah, like, yeah, he's not New York mean, mean. He's just a New Yorker. It's like it's his baseline. Yeah, you know. Um, but for me, it was you know, I was, I was like, you can you so- like talk a little softer? You're very sir? aggressive, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm from I just Minnesota. Want a sandwich. <laughs> uh, but I I'm happy to report. Uh, it was a phenomenal sandwich. It was a twenty-eight dollar sandwich. Oh my! For Reuben, but it was uh, it was phenomenal. I'm glad I went. It was uh, an experience I'll cherish forever. Probably the best pastrami I have had. Um, I think it. I, th- I think I was expecting it to. Uh, 
it was It'd like a little too much build up, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never and had then, a Reuben. Oh, it's my favorite sandwich. Yeah, I've never It's normally served with corned beef, but I upgraded to pastrami for like a dollar. So I guess the sandwich is twenty nine dollars. But uh yeah, it's yeah. very good. For all the times I've been to New York, I've never gone out of my way to get one. <laughs> well, the reason I went to New York was because I went hands on with Redfall and I also interviewed Harvey Smith one on one. Um, and, uh, if you are interested in hearing more about those things, stay tuned later Alex, in the episode. Yeah. I'm not going to be here. I didn't do the interview and I'm not going to hear your impressions cause I'll be gone. So let me p- ask you one crucial question. Okay. Could not be less excited for Redfall, but uh-huh. I love arcane. And the reason I'm not excited is because it's literally the opposite of what I want from an arcane game, which is a not multiplayer. Should I be excited? Yes. No. I think so. I think uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Harvey and and I think uh, I, I felt this myself. It feels like it was built almost as much to be a solo game as it. It feels like a a a larger map. Feels like an arcane game. I mean, it still feels like one. He said, if you play it as one person, it's going to feel like the arcane games you know and love. Okay. You can even get by a little bit. Uh, with two people, if you have like a friend who's willing to like do that with you, he said the moment you add a third or a fourth person, it becomes a completely different game, and it is no longer uh, what he would classify as like the traditional arcane game. Okay. He says, and it, he was like very upfront about that. And he's like, "There's no way we can do both uh, with with four people." Uh, and he said, "But it kind of transforms into a different experience where like your powers." are working together and it's just chaos. But he said, if you want that core arcane experience, play solo. Okay. Uh, and that it's built okay. for that. All right. Yeah. What's and up, what did Parsa? you do, Alex? You you played solo, you played co-op? You... I played solo. I played solo and it felt like an arcane game and I'm okay. very cool. excited. Okay. Yeah. But we did we did interrupt your your pitch. You were you were pitching something. Oh, I was just giving people the rundown of what's on the episode. Yeah. Wait, what did cats have to do with anything? Because I went to New York to play Redfall, and I also want to tell you I ate at Cats, which is like a big deal to me. I guess uh, it's not a big deal to you. Well, check this out. It's like it's only something I've been wanting to do since I was a kid watching okay. Food Network. Blake. That's cool. That's cool. And I, did, I got I, to fulfill that childhood fantasy on a trip to play Redfall. I went to Japan, where they made Resident Evil Four remake. Wait, when did you go to Japan? October. It doesn't matter. Um, you want to talk about Resident Evil? Yeah, let's play Resident oh, Evil and talk about let's it. Play it. Let's, let's play it. We keep interrupting yeah. Alex. He's trying to Let lay the groundwork for the podcast and tease an interview at the end. I want to point out that I've been the good student when the, the class job, is being Mark. rowdy and I'm just sitting there reading my book waiting for everyone to shut up. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. Podcast today. Resident Evil 4. Chia. Diablo 4 beta impressions. Red Diablo Ball hands Cody. On, Harvey Smith interview at the end. That's the episode. Blake, you're here for like 15 to 20 minutes. We're going to talk about Resident Evil 4. I'm here as long as I want to be here. You're here for 15 to 20 minutes. Let's talk about Resident Evil 4. Well, it's taken us 35 minutes just to get to this point. (laughs) Whose fault is that? I'm going to blow a gasket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I play Resident Evil. Diablo Cody, Minnesota local, by the way, right? I don't know if she's Oh, shouts out to uh, Juno. How's that movie these days? Is that movie any good? Probably not. Let's watch it. 
Yeah. I listened to that Blake. Moldy Peaches song the other day. It was pretty interesting. Diablo and Cody. What else did she do? She Yo, literally. Oh, she did, did Jennifer's she, Body. Named was after she involved the... with Resident Evil 4 remake at all? No, but she did. She did, I guess, write Jennifer's Body named after one of the best Hole songs. Wow. And Hole has a lot in common with Resident Evil 4 because there's a scene where Leon falls down a big hole. Yeah, I played <laughs> it. I beat it. I gave it a freaking neat 9.5. That's your your biggest score here at the old GI, right? No, it's not. No? Well, I guess it technically is, Ooh. but I have scored one other game that high. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it oh wait, hold on. It's um the one where you the, the speedrunning shooter game with the cards. Whose name I can't remember for some reason. Oh, Neon, Neon, White. Rush? Neon White. Neon White. Yeah. Is it Neon White? Yeah. Yeah. It's the only two games I've ever scored that high. Well, you want to know about it, Alex. It's great. I know the other guys talked about it um last week, but you're somebody who's Played the original like over a dozen times. Maybe, probably. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, Resident Evil 4 is definitely not, it's probably my second favorite game or favorite game, depending on the day. Somewhere there between that and Tony Hawk's Underground, both equally culturally important games. Yeah. Uh, but though, I would say both equally quality games. I would agree with that. This is in line with, I don't know, Capcom's been remaking Resident Evil 4 almost as long as they've. The Capcom's been remaking Resident Evil almost as long as they've been making Resident Evil at this point, you know, with the uh, with the Resident Evil remake on GameCube, and then obviously the newer remakes, the two mm-hmm. and three, and this the next in line. It's the four, and you know, it's it's interesting. I I was wondering like what form this game was gonna take because Resident Evil Four, like before I played the remake, just conceptually imagining that as a PS5 game, it's like, oh, that's the most expensive game ever made. Like, that's crazy. How could you remake a game that does that much? Because 2 and 3 are PS1 games. They obviously built those things out to be modern, but, like, inherently, they're more focused, small-scale experiences. So I think the thing that surprised me the most about the Resident Evil 4 remake was they remade Resident Evil 4. It's, It's huge. It's huge, and it's, like... It retains a lot of the camp and the charm, which I'm happy about, while also, like, bringing the game to modern standards, which I think, like, I can replay Resident Evil 4 and be like, this is the best. This is the best there is. It still rocks. But, like, a year or two ago, my friend Johnny tried to replay Res- tried to play Resident Evil 4 for the first time, and he texted me. He was like, this is the worst game I've ever played. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I see. It doesn't work for new people as well. I mean, maybe it does for some, but... so. The fact that they have remade it, they've made it a modern Resident Evil. They've they've walked this good tightrope of like, here's what we keep the same, here's what we add, here's what we just enhance, you know, here's what how we flip the script. Like it, it's kind of like a bit of a masterclass in game remakes, as far as I'm concerned. Someone who hasn't played very many, to be honest, but I assume this is the best one. Is there like because I, I you know preview coverage of this game, right? And like our cover story, for instance, like they were talking about, you know, remaking this game. And there's only so much they'll say before the game comes out. You as somebody who's played this game so many times, are there like things that stick out to you that like narratively or like with the script that work better with like Ashley or yeah, they, relationship? They don't sexually harass Ashley anymore. And anyone in the comments, if you're upset That's about pretty that, huge. yeah, if you're in the call, let me get ahead of this one. If you're upset about that in the comments, I don't know. Talk to a real person for the first time in your life. Um, sorry, your internet girlfriend won't date you. <laughs> Ashley Graham's not real. Um, so that's a lot better. Ashley Graham, I think, is also like 
has always gotten a bad rep. I don't think she's as annoying as people think she is. But what she did lack was a lot of agency and personality in that original game. She is like an actual character with autonomy, with charisma. She is brave. Like she, she, she does her own stuff in this game. She gets Leon out of a few jams. Like she, there's a and much that stuff isn't in the original. Not really. Okay. Uh, no. Like she is, she's a much stronger character in this, and their relationship is a lot more interesting. Um, I think a lot of the romantic undertones have been stripped back cool. to like. There's this notion that like. <laughs> mild spoilies ashley seems to think because they're working together now they're going to become this like super secret top agent duo which is really funny so there's like there's like some really good banter between the characters that like and that's 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 true across the board of all the characters i think every character in this game is better in the remake like louise is far more interesting in this game um he has a a personality, a backstory that shines a lot more that is in the original, and especially if you play some of the Ada stuff. But that stuff is brought to the forefront here because the Ada stuff isn't released. I don't know if they're making it, if it's going to yeah. come out, but it's I, not I in think this. Shinji, yeah. I think Shinji Mikami, the director on the original version of Resident Evil 4, I think he said he wrote the story in, in two weeks. I that think sounds he, about right. Right, because for... it was like there was a late, like they really overhauled the game at a like late point in development. So he just kind of like came up with the story in two weeks. So, I mean, there was a lot of room for improvement on that front. So it's good to hear that it's like, that's like, yeah, they took that to heart and like made adjustments and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, Ramon, the little Napoleon dude, rules in this game. He's like genuinely menacing. He's still goofy and kind of funny looking, but he has a menace that he lacks in the original game. Um, I think that's true with a lot of the enemy characters as well. Game rules. Can I ask a question? It's your podcast. I don't really normally care about scores, but yeah, uh, I am curious why you didn't give it a ten. I don't know. Like, hey, look, here's the thing. Without getting into the whole discussion about scores, I've said this. I've said this on this podcast before. I think so little about those scores. It's basically the first one that pops in my head. If that feels okay, I slap it down. I didn't put much thought into it. To be honest with you, it me I okay. just like it could have been a ten, I guess, if I woke up and felt different the next day when I wrote it. Like, it's a great game. The difference between a nine point five and a ten is so. I just didn't know. If, yeah, I didn't know there's something in your brain that was like, no, this is keeping it from. No, honestly, yeah. like the difference between those two scores is so negligible to me that they're basically yeah, they're almost the same. So it's it's not much. I didn't put much thought into it. Um. I mean, there were, like, if I'm really nitpicking and talking about things that got on my nerves that I didn't even include in the review, like, the the catapult section in the remake is bad. (laughs) It's actively not fun. Uh, You think it's worse than any original? Because I I actually just finished that part recently, and I was like, oh, this is more or less the same thing, which... I I didn't. It's, it's still a pain sometimes. Uh, yeah, uh, bad there, bad here. You know, maybe that maybe that docked point five points. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I just I was curious if there's anything that stuck out to you when you're doing no, that. But, not particularly. Catapults, <laughs> catapults. You know, it could have been a ten if they would have yeah. fixed those catapults. <laughs> catapults at the I mean, score down. Which which I think Blake, you did really well in the review, sort of talking about the legacy of Resident Evil Four and like how this is a separate game. And doesn't really, you know, doesn't delete the legacy of the original. Like, it's tough with the remakes. You know what I mean? This isn't going to be an industry-changing sort of phenomenon. Yeah. This is just a really... I mean, I'm going off... I have not played it. So I'm going off of, you know, Marcus's feedback and your feedback that it's like, this is a really well-done version of a game that we already love, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's interesting. The, the interesting thing about remakes is like, I think there is some inherent notion on the developers that it's like, there's just not many, not a ton of people are at this point are going to go play Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Like, there's just a barrier to inch. I, and I know they've done things with the HD ports of it to like make it a little easier make it a little more modern but there's a large audience that is going to look at that game just visually and be like no i'm going to play apex legends instead of this dude with toaster hands to quote a tim rogers video <laughs> that's really good um, and so i think there's this inherent notion that you remake a game because like it's worth remaking but also you want to reach an audience that's never going to play it and i think in the case of resident evil 4 like, you could probably argue this for a lot of remakes, but I don't review many remakes, so this is just the one I'm thinking the most about. Is like, does this overwrite the need to play the original if you're interested in, like, video game history? If you're not interested in that, by all means, like, just play the remake and go about your life. But if you're someone who, like, yeah. follows the industry and wants to know what the fuss is about with Resident Evil 4, I don't think this will actually show you why that original game was important because it can only exist in this good of a form because resident evil 4 the original laid the groundwork of like redefining how a third person game is made mechanically you know maybe there was a game before that did the over the shoulder thing but for lack of knowing that we'll say popularizing where the camera is placed with the character slightly off left and you look down their right shoulder while aiming that like kind of gets its start in Resident Evil 4. And that is also just like, I'm describing every third person game for the most part. We're going to talk about Chia in a second. Does the same damn thing. Um, so like this game doesn't revolutionize that, right? It's not gonna, it doesn't do anything on that caliber. And it basically, it just continues the framework established by the game it's remaking. So I think it's like an interesting case study. And like, this is, a very good form of that game it also it's like if you're interested in why this game deserves this kind of remake and why this game has such a cultural cachet you have to play the original still or and i saw at least one person not too happy i said this watch a let's play <laughs> like you know like <laughs> it doesn't matter you can watch someone play it but i think it's still worth seeking out that knowledge if you're into the industry just to understand what resident evil 4 did in the same way it might be worth watching a let's play a final fantasy 7 to understand the gravitas of that story and why that was so important in 97 i don't know if you necessarily need to play final fantasy 7 originally at this point like play the remake it's the most beautiful game i've ever seen in my entire life it looks great but like i think i think inherently developers don't mean to overwrite the original game but i also think they sometimes forget about like trying to tell the player why the original is still important and worth seeking out knowledge of beyond the remake. You know what I'm saying? Like you could just play the Resident Evil 4 remake and be like, that's cool. That's fun. And you would probably miss the whole reason why it should be remade. If you don't like have that forethought for knowledge, whatever the word is. So that's Resident it. Evil forethought is what they call it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and uh, after this, please put the game in VR uh, so I can go to Kyle's house and steal his PSVR 2 and then replay yeah. the whole game, review well, it, they, give it a 9.5. They're working 5. on it, right? They've said yeah, that, they are uh, working it's on in it. development. No, th they have not said what's in development. They've said they're working on VR stuff for the game. So whether that's the full game, whether that's a small experience, I don't think they've said. Marcus, you see? No, they, um, 
the last update, they straight up said uh, Resident Evil 4 was... Um, and the, the thing they did last year, they said it was coming to PSVR 2, and then the most recent update, they're like, yep, it's in development, the VR. They, they mode, heavily implied But they haven't the specified yeah. what it's That's what I'm saying, be, so it's like... Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's just going to be the game in VR. My conspiracy about that is, like, when they originally announced it and they were so coy, they were waiting to see what pre-orders were like to get a sales mm-hmm. forecast of whether or not it was worth investing and in making the whole thing in VR. Remi- Probably, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, putting the whole game in VR versus, like, the shooting gallery or something. Um, and here's 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 my industry analysis. I think this game's gonna be big. <laughs> it's I think it's gonna be <laughs> huge. So yeah. I hope they put the whole thing in VR. Is it based on the uh, all the forever around our, our cover story content? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be that, people are literally yeah. counting down these seconds until that Friday. The cha- <laughs> that the chainsaw demo, like yeah, it's that game is big. Which, like, Resident Evil has always been big. It's not necessarily a surprise. Um, you know, those movies made over a billion freaking dollars. But, like, it's hitting already in a way I didn't expect until release day. Like, that demo yeah. blew up. It's, yeah. um, I'm, like, excited for people to get to play it. Because I've, um, uh, I'm probably the deepest in next to Wesley. Wesley's probably further than me at this point. But I'm in, I'm in the castle right now. Yeah. And I, I share a lot of your sentiment, Blake, right? I'm just perpetually impressed with how faithfully they recreate uh, some areas and then the new stuff they sprinkle in where it feels like they they know exactly when to put a new thing yeah. in the game and you're like oh okay and but it, and i said this last week where it it's new but it doesn't feel out of place like you could if i hadn't played this game as recently as i did for you know the cover story i could be fooled into thinking that it was always there because it just yeah. feels like oh man this Maybe this should have been here before. <laughs> like that's how much I like this, you know. Um, it's I'm so excited to uh, to put more time into it. And I'm excited, like I said, for all the fans that have been uh, screaming at us over, over the last month for more information. Yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> to finally get to play it. It's definitely the best Resident Evil Four remake, but let's not act like it's the only Resident Evil Four remake. It was remade <laughs> in VR. That is not a port. That is a remake. Um, very close remake one-to-one but uh armature did a great job so i think at this point dude like just play resident evil 4 like whichever way seems best to you whether that's the vr version the remake the original or all of them the zebo version we the switch version which is the best version of the original just play one of them god this game rules yeah what a we're, awesome we're being eaten real good this year when it comes to remakes and remasters between video games in general yeah, yeah Dead space like a I dragon think, i think there's 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 a conversation to be had about the cynical nature of remakes but on the let's do that next week because i just want to talk about how good resident Evil 4 remake is without talking about how let's wait till that... a bad one comes out <laughs> yeah <laughs> save it for five yeah uh, they're not uh, can I plug one thing? Is that okay on Company Dime? Yeah. Jacob and me, Jacob Geller, of course, probably heard of him on that up-and-coming YouTube. He makes well, essays. He writes essays, which is so dumb, dude. You graduated college like 25 years ago. I That's still the write guy who's essays. real afraid of the dark. Yeah, anyway, um, who writes essays? That's crazy. Couldn't catch me doing that. Um, we have a spoiler cast coming out, which I'm really excited about, but you have to pay for it. Go to nebula.tv slash something rotten and give me money and then you can listen to it. But I don't think we're going to awesome. do one at Game Informer. Um, so no, I, probably not. So like, I'm I, I'm well, happy I got to do one. So if people want to go check that out. Unfortunately, it's paywalled. 
Um, though maybe it'll go up on YouTube at a later date, but a week or so after this is published, it'll be on our Nebula feed. Cool. Uh, well, let's get into the next game that uh, you all have been playing. I'm dying to play this one personally. I just, uh, you know, uh, been busy. But Chia uh, is finally out. And um, how do you, what, are you, what are you thinking about this one, Kyle? You've been... I feel like you've been playing this one for a while. I think they sent us code like really early. Yeah, that was nice of them. They they gave it to us really early, um, which is always nice. And, and it's not even like the biggest game. Uh, I think it's like it's like about, I think I spent like seven to ten hours on it or something like that. But yeah, reviews on the site. I gave it an eight five. It's really good. It's just this like sort of playful open world that you can kind of explore at your leisure, like surprisingly at your leisure, like every element of the game is like like optional like everything like it, like to the point where like there's like this there's a whole sequence where you like need to sabotage these uh factories and there are these like uh fabric enemies that you set on fire to defeat them but like you don't have to do you don't have to set those enemies on fire right like you can avoid that part of the game and just focus on uh messing with the factory and if that, and even if that is like too much for you in the options menu, there's just like a skip gameplay section part, <laughs> you know, like you can just kind of move forward if you want. Yeah. And it's cool. It's like, it makes the whole experience very leisurely and like self-directed in the sense of just like you do what you want. Um, and you know, you're going to find interesting stuff along the way while you're doing it. I, I didn't realize I was watching a giant bomb quick look the other day. They put one up. And I didn't realize that they have like the ocarina mechanic in it where you're playing the songs and it changes like the time of day. Are yeah, there, yeah. What, what other, um, I guess, abilities does that? Well, there's have? not. Like, a, are there any other quote spells that you can do to change things? There's not a t- there's I think there's like eight or something, but they're mostly like changing the time of day. Like I remember I, I got really good at playing the chords C-A-F-E because that makes it uh, morning. So Cafe. it's like it's. Yeah, cafe. That was how That's I remembered I think it. Every yeah. time, yeah. And like uh it's really helpful because it's like, well, I don't want to be doing this at nighttime. I'll just pull up my ukulele <laughs> and make it morning. Um but then you can also like summon these like statues that like might help you. Like there's one that can like shoot fireballs or something like that. But I really I didn't take that much advantage of it. The big yeah. thing that you're doing in the game that you're spending most of your time doing is just like moving around and exploring and changing into animals and inanimate objects. And that whole mechanic uh, just feels really good. Like leaping, soul jumping, it's, it's called in the game. Like into- kind of like prop hunt, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of like-, like Mario Odyssey, isn't it? Just jumping into everything and oh, sort okay. of yeah, yeah. stuff. Like you can jump. Uh, I mean, I it's I, like birds are like overpowered in Chia. It's like a weird <laughs> thing to say, but like I I was just constantly jumping into birds and flying to where I needed to go, and then just after because you can only stay an animal or an animated object for so long. And then when you run out, you just kind of get launched out of their body. And then you can just kind of paraglide down, paraglide down to the ground. And it's just like that whole process is just consistently fun. And it's cool. That's awesome. And it's. Um, Are you yeah, like upgrading your stamina bar and stuff as you go? Yes. Yeah. You can is find that part fruit. of the incentive. Okay. You can find. You can also extend. It sounds like it's going to make my brain feel good. Yeah. You can also extend your like how long you can be an animal and stuff like that. And. It's it's just one of those games that's like there's not really hardly any barriers to doing anything ultimately and you're just kind of rewarded for going around and, and just like looking around and finding stuff. A lot of the rewards are like different clothing uh which is like 
fine. But then you also get the rewards like your stamina lasts longer and you can be an animal longer. And um and I and I also like the story too. Like the story ultimately makes up a small part of it. Chia is the titular, you know, the main character that you're playing as and she has to uh find her dad who's been kidnapped. And it's like it it's weirdly dark that yeah, I was not expecting that. It's we it gets weirdly dark and violent. Like I won't explain exactly what happened because I wouldn't want to spoil it for anybody, but um there was I was I was showing my my eleven year old daughter it and I was like, Oh, you, you might like this. This is cool, you can run around, you can be an animal or whatever. And we got to a cutscene that introduced the main villain in the game, and she like looked at me and she's like, Dad, should I be I don't think I should be watching this. Like this seems like really bleak and I was kinda like yeah, maybe you shouldn't have been because that was that was pretty rough. But um, but a good conclusion, like a good uh, ultimately like uh, satisfying story. So yeah, Chia, I huh. I like it. It's it's good. Hell yeah, Blake. Kyle... What do you think about it? Oh, have you played it too, Marcus? Oh no no no, I haven't played it. Oh, okay, I have. What were you gonna just... say though? Now, I was going to say, when you were talking about the birds being overpowered, it gave me an idea that you should create a tier list of every item or transformation <laughs> in the game, so I have a better idea of how yeah. birds rank to. Right. coconuts lobsters super low they're slow and they they can't pinch or anything like that uh they can't pinch why is, yeah why well, the crabs can no wait the lizards and the crabs can so that's useful the, it's the uh, the lizards those are the lowest here because they don't do anything they jump you know yeah would be a what happens list. if you like so put one of these crap. animals into a scenario where they might be in danger um like if you're a fish and you got out of the water does the fish die i don't think it dies i think it just or if you're a bird dove into the ocean will it let you i mean if she is a psychopath i guess you could do those things well it's just, i'm just curious like what the limits of this little sandbox i mean are, the craziest you know? one that made me and my family laugh because they're watching me play was like jumping into a deer and just like sprinting off the side of a mountain and just okay, like fun. ragdolling off the side onto a beach and then i just jumped out and like was like all right well this deer lives on the beach now <laughs> I was like, can you Sorry. jump out of the deer as it's falling to launch yes. yourself? Like, are you yep. Yoshiing the deer to, absolutely. to get some extra you absolutely momentum? Can yeah. <laughs> and the game, I mean, honestly, the game has such a weird, dark sense of humor that creeps in occasionally that it's not scared to like. So it sounds like Chi is a little sicko. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there's a headless chicken that keeps showing up uh, for oh a visual God. gag occasionally. And you know, by the way, the, in the menu, there's an option to like, I think they call it like family mode or something, where you can actually just like skip those elements of the game if you if you do want to play with. It's so weird because you look at this game and you all you see is family mode on the surface. You're like, why would this need anything like that? This looks kid friendly already <laughs> it looks like so a kid's weird. like animated show frankly like the way the simple sort of character designs and stuff like that uh so it is it is surprising when it gets dark and even sometimes violent but um but it but it also like as an adult playing the game it's like this was unexpected and it's surprising and that makes it interesting and fun you know yeah uh blake you've been playing this what do you think about it hell yeah i've been playing this <laughs> <laughs> this game rocks dude it's so good um, yeah. yeah, I was really excited for this game after reading uh, Matt Miller's great piece about going to yeah. New Caledonia, one of the best things we've written, at least during my time at Game Informer. I won't speak to the other 100 years we were a magazine before I worked <laughs> here, but feels like <laughs> it. Been a while, yeah. Yeah. That was back when we made playing cards. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> good joke, good joke. Um, no, this game rocks. It's uh, it's really cool. I think I just enjoy vibing out in that new caledonia i'm constantly like putting things on the map and it doesn't really tell you exactly where chia is so you kind of have to like figure it out and i really enjoy that level of um 
explorability. It doesn't often feel like anything I'm doing in the open world is all that important or engaging beyond uh, going and eating a fruit so I can have a little more stamina, you know, but like, that's yeah. enough. That's a, br- I can turn a podcast game on and that's great. You know, I think there are times I personally feel it thinks it's more charming than it is. Um, there are a lot of extended music sequences that are really cool until the 15th one. And it's like, I, come on. I, I just, some of those songs are really damn long, like four minutes, five minutes. You're just kind of sitting They're there. Though. They're good songs. They're good songs, but you know what I'm saying? Like something like that. You can't, you can't hammer on too many times. Um, yeah. I also think some of the bigger, we'll call them Far Cry combat-ish sections um, are not super well thought out. Um, and you don't have to like always be engaging with the combat in them, but like if you want to hundred percent it or get all the items you do and i think they did not necessarily lay out some of those areas very well but that said beyond the large-scale fights i do think the combat is surprisingly cool and interesting i didn't know there was combat in this there is and it's weird the 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 thing you're mainly doing is using possession of items around a combat area to light enemies on fire the enemies are made out of fabric and so like you're constantly warping around a little combat area possessing new items then like either throwing them just overhead or while possessing them bouncing up in slow motion to aim the object at people throwing them and then in midair you can possess another one you can like get a bird and fly up way above them and come back down like the game is I think it's smaller to medium scale combat encounters. Very, very good. When it starts getting like really big, it kind of, they kind of lose the plot a little bit, but overall, like this game rules. It is mercifully short for a very large open world game. Like I've probably played five hours and I think I'm right at the end, which is like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, Like that's very cool for an open world game. It, it has a great, double a as they like to say charm to it where it's like not the most technically proficient game but it just has a a confident aesthetic that it just kind of owns um and i don't think like they had a specific idea that they really delivered on yeah yeah and you know i'm not gonna sit here and think it makes me a new caledonia expert by any means um but i do like the setting and like hearing not to paint myself this ignorant, I had never heard of New Caledonia before Matt Miller got on a plane and flew there. And so, like, <laughs> being immersed in this kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, Crayola version of it that's very kind of cartoonish and stylized, but also you're getting just these, like, little morsels of what the place is actually like with the songs and the food and the language. Like, I think that's really cool and unique. Like, I wish there were more games like this um, yeah. instead of what we normally get from open world games. So. I think it's rad. No, it's not in English either, which I think is like really cool. That's not something we get a ton of. They speak a, I forget exactly what the language is called, but then they speak a little bit of like a specific language to the country and then French. So yeah. some characters will speak French and some, but you know, yeah, it yeah. is, it is very cool. There's no like English audio option, which is something like we don't see a ton of outside of like RGG games and some other, um, usually Japanese games. So that's really cool to just be like, not forced, but have to, encounter and listen to a different language um i'd never heard before french notwithstanding believe i've heard french in my life um yeah this game's (laughs) cool i like it a lot i'm looking forward to uh playing more of it and finishing it and then who knows i'll probably just keep 
playing around because I like that world. Um, the stamina bar, though, stamina bar. They got a they they got a this thing. It's too weak. I've upgraded the hell out of it, and it still drains too fast. It drives Get some me fruit. crazy. I'm, that's all I'm doing. That's what I'm spending 90% of this game doing. It's going across this damn map, getting the fruit. And then it's still like, oh, I can parachute for seven seconds instead of six seconds. It's crazy. <laughs> I feel like little kids don't have stamina bars. That's like when you have the most yeah, stamina in second. your life. That's true. That's a good point, Marcus. It is kind of one of those games, like, uh, it's a weird one to recall, but Spider-Man, where it's like, I'm just going to keep it on my hard drive because yeah. I bet I will... I'll just one day I'll be like, I'll I'll run around and turn into animals for five minutes. In the same way, sometimes I'll just be like, I'll swing around the city of Spider-Man. Like, it's just, it feels good to play. Also, I think Chia is like six gigs, which is awesome. Like, that's a game you can keep on the hard drive without feeling bad about it. That's true. Play it. Play it, Alex. I I am going to. Uh, Blake, you got a skedaddle? I don't have to skedaddle, but I'm going to. Okay, that's fine. Fair. I've been playing some other games. Don't yeah, have time. Do. Uh, Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare. No. Wait, you've been yeah, playing I've Modern Warfare. Mo- I've been replaying Modern Warfare. I've played that game before. Yeah. Campaign with the remaster they did. A yeah. While back. Yeah. It's really boring. It's it's weird. I played it for the first time in 2019. And I was like, this game rules. Now I'm playing it now, and I find it really boring, and I'm not sure where the disconnect is. It's very um outside of the set piece moments. At least for me, it's very heavy on the military jargon where. I just my eyes yeah. glaze over during the cutscenes. Like I, I understood five yeah. percent of what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yesterday I, we was shoot someone. <laughs> yesterday was the twenty year anniversary of the Iraq War. So interesting to think about. Call of Duty Four, not as smart as it thinks it is. Way I'll to make us what. feel old. Wow. <laughs> not a not as yeah, good of a take old. on that conflict as maybe they thought they had. Mission accomplished, baby. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I've been playing. No other games. All right. Well, I've been playing Fortnite, new season of Fortnite. Oh, we're going to be the, talking about that soon. You got to come back season, on. The so mega season, about it. it's fine. I don't know. They're all the same to me. I like the mega city, but there I have some problems. But, um, well, thank you for joining us, Blake. We'll see you soon. Hey. Sorry I said that thing about Ashley. Weird nerds in the comments. <laughs> it's okay. They probably, <laughs> they probably forget don't. you. All right, and we are back. Blake had to skedaddle. Uh, we're going to keep going, though. Y'all, like I said, I flew out to New York uh, for a um, an event to play Redfall. And I played about 90 minutes of the game. I played uh, one of the two maps in the game. Uh, one of the two open world maps. And um, I got to play as I pretty much had free reign. I could go and tackle the campaign i could just run around and do side missions um or i could just kind of like explore and play around which is a big part of what i did uh, just because i was really trying to understand what this game is and came away and i feel like i have a much better grasp on redfall and what it is um i got to play i i played as i think every character in the game I, I played as three of the four sorry and i know that there are actually i believe there are uh, additional characters they're going to be putting out eventually and yeah so i played as um i think it's jacob is the stealth sniper person who has like this vampire eye and they can uh their ultimate is kind of um kind of almost like dead eye like almost in red dead where like you kind of 
paint the paint the landscape in front of you and anybody in that area gets marked and then you hit the trigger and they This they is get shot. a weird detail to focus in on. But does it like pause time or slow time as you're painting targets or anything like that? Okay. Cuz no, that's like it, no. there's not no abilities would slow down or pause anything, right? Okay. Yeah. No, they got to no. maintain that co-op. Uh, no abilities pause time. Yeah. Uh, I also played as Layla, uh, which is the character that has like the Ghostbusters lift where uh, she throws down like this purple. It literally looks like an elevator lift and it shoots you up and you can uh, upgrade it. So you get more floors on it. You can go so become a nicer elevator. Yeah. 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 Real nice uh, music. And no, uh, but it does get bigger. Um, and then I played as uh, the Devender is the one I didn't play. Uh, Devender is the it's one. The hunter, right? The cryptozoology who, guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other one was Remy, I believe, and she has a little robot guy, which I thought he was fun. Um, but I felt like going into it, I I still have a couple questions that I'm waiting to actually hear back from on PR uh, about like some things that I experienced I didn't have a chance to ask while I was there because just the, the for the sake of time. But yeah, I mean, it feels like one big arcane level. I mean, that's a compliment. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is I, like the these their signature take on environmental storytelling, and like they they have a very specific way of doing that too. Like a lot of games, of course, have environmental storytelling, but theirs just always feel unique. And I think part of it is. A lot of their characters are on their, on their own schedules in their games and like it's those immersive immersive, immersive sim qualities where you know uh everyone has their behaviors that are happening whether you are there or not um and all of that signature stuff is here and like the their signature like approaching a a location from multiple areas and multiple paths that's all here there's just more of it and like those things are next to each other in a neighborhood right yeah yeah this is all good because i think my fear as someone who likes arcane fine i'm not like a you know a crazy dishonored super fan or anything but like when they when what they've shown of the game and the fact that it's like co-op it kind of scared me into like well it's like are you you, it's kind of hard to do these co-op sort of situations without sort of funneling people into one sort of line, right? Where they have to go down a specific path where there's some linearity to it. Um, and what and yeah. what you're saying is like, there's this not, there isn't really, which is, uh, makes me mo- more interested and optimistic about the game. Yeah, I feel like if you were making, if this, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy. And I, I hesitate to use this word, but I can't think of a better one. So don't freak out when I say it, but I feel like that, is ever so slightly watered down, just like a smidge. Like, I didn't... There wasn't a scenario where I got, like... I'm thinking of, like, a specific scenario on a Dishonored game where, like, I got an invitation to a party I had to go to, and I could go and, like, take down, you know, somebody and, like, get information from them to go and find a new route. I didn't... There wasn't that level of arcane but it was like it was like oh i am in you know this theater and i'm looking for this popcorn machine for uh you know this side quest um because you're kind of also it seems like you you are building out this like colony of survivors and like you're building out uh like your safe house as you go and so they'll the people as you rescue them 
they'll have requests for you in the form of side missions. And so one of the ones that you have in the demo is like, okay, the people here really want a popcorn machine that would really bring their spirits up. Um, and so I had to go to this theater to get the parts to fix it. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, okay, where would a popcorn machine part be? So I checked like the concession area at the front and it wasn't there. And I was like, okay, I know, I know, uh, arcane isn't going to just put it in a random upstairs room or something. Like it's not going to be, it's going to be in a place that makes sense. Right. So I was like, okay, well this place probably has like a basement that has like storage and stuff in it. Let me go off to the side. And sure enough, like I went and found like a path that like, let me go downstairs. And sure enough, I found like a storage room and like a sto- the whole, like under the stage place had like all of these parts and stuff. And I found, I found the part I needed, but also there was like a, a special enemy there that dropped. Uh, that was hard to kill. Number one, I had to like really strategize, but the, it dropped a key for like a freezer and I went and found the freezer and opened it. And there was uh, like loot inside and also several survivors that I got to rescue. And they went back to my base. And I'm not sure exactly what they're doing at the base, but like it's part of the Okay, mechanic, And you right? and to be and like, I, I feel um, like I keep like zooming out, but like this popcorn mission, right? It wasn't like you. OK, mm-hmm. let me go do the popcorn mission. Let me select a level. OK, and then it dropped you, you know, into that level. Like you walked to the to the sort of theater. OK, correct. Yeah. Yeah, I opened my open world map. I looked at the quests that were available. All the campaign missions are also mm-hmm. spots on a map. Like you have to go to that place physically, like walk there. Um, I don't think there's there's no fast travel or anything. Because that was that was my big fear, and maybe I assume maybe others' fear is that it would be like you're just selecting a series of levels, and then you and you go and you team no, up with no. other people to attack those levels, which is like that's that's not what I want. No, not at all. Game. And it sounds like that's not it. Good. They've been pretty upfront that it's literally just one giant open world or island, whatever that you can just explore pretty freely. Yeah, you're running everywhere you're going. You know, if you get to the side quest place and you get distracted and decide you want to go and do another activity, you can go and do that. It's it's a, it's an open world game, um, but it doesn't feel like it feels like a small open world game, like which is are some of my favorites. Like it. It really does feel like a city, like the scale of it feels like a small town um, and they really nail the scale and like uh, Redfall around Redfall is like the vampires have like for some reason stopped, like they pushed the ocean out and that's kind of the boundaries of that map. It's like uh, like M- Moses or something, you know, splitting the Red Sea and like I'm trying to think of other media, but I can't. So the, sorry, that's the reference. Um, and so there's a giant seawall around you. And that's kind of the boundary of the area. But uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think the guns feel really good. Uh, one thing I was, wasn't was wasn't expecting, honestly, but I'm glad it's in there. Ammo is like really limited. There were several scenarios where like I just ran out of the weapon I needed and I had to improvise. Can you, you share know, ammo? Or I needed to, to leave. Or, or drop in? I'm not sure. I didn't. I, I don't know. You have like a weapon wheel um and you're like equipping your character with like uh, you have you can carry three weapons at a time i don't i don't know do you think the uh the limited ammo are they trying to encourage you to use your superpowers more than your guns or or those are the powers on enough of a cooldown where you're going to be shooting most of the time the powers are you're definitely going to need to shoot but it's like 
uh, you're going to want to explore as well to find resources, you know. Um, it felt like a really, it didn't feel mindless, which I was really happy about. And in some games, that's not a bad thing. Mindless isn't bad always, but I think it would be bad in an arcane game. Um, and it's not. And it really does feel like a solo. I felt like I was playing a solo game, um, which is really, really cool. And they did say that vibe will totally change once you add more people um, and it will not be the same experience. But they really did want to, uh, you know, honor that place out. My one hang up that I'm waiting on clarification from, and I wish I had it before we recorded this, is I could not find a way to silent, like take down enemies silently. Uh, so the way it works, there are vampires and there are vampire familiars who are humans that are serving the vampires. They want to become a vampire and they're like part of this cult. And so they're, they're doing the bidding of the vampires. You can just like kill the familiars like a normal human, but you cannot kill vampires with bullets. You can down them and then they're down for like five seconds. And in that five seconds, you have to kill them with a stake. Now there are some weapons that are like fire stakes. You know, there's a stake gun kind of thing. Otherwise you have to run up to them and like do an execution on them and your character will stake them and they won't be able to respawn. Um, so it's, it's like a hard game. There were several times where I, I died. And I feel like I'm pretty good at these kind of games and I got overwhelmed very quickly and, and like approached there's some like more dangerous areas um, that are like, are, you know that you're walking into a challenge based on like their design um, and like those, I die. I died every time. It feels like um, manageable difficulty, right? It's not the kind of difficulty where they're pushing. Yeah, you, hey, yeah. You should have another person or two. No, no. Like it was definitely like my own fault. Um, but I couldn't figure out. It didn't seem like I could, and I tried to check to see if there was like an ability like I could sneak, unlock, sneak up behind him, that and, let right, me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was really, I felt like I really Did you wanted blink. That. Do you have a blink ability at all? I did. Uh, I don't think I blinked. I had cloaking for one character. I had the lift for another character. Um, I didn't. Huh. Blink. I was like, I don't know if you can call it an arcane game without a blink. And and Domino's not in the game either. Um, uh, so I don't that's know probably the greatest cool. ability of any video game ever. By the way, blink. Yeah, so good. I love Domino. Oh, Domino. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one. I felt like that was like a kind of honestly a key piece that was missing for me because I'm a stealth player. And so I was just getting up close to these people and just killing them with my gun. And I, sometimes I felt like I was trying to like I was messing around trying to figure out which guns uh, my theory is there is a gun that you can get that is silenced and you can carry it with you and you can just take people out that way that's because it is set up like there are people patrolling certain areas patrolling hallways it is set up to be stealth played and so i think maybe you know there's some like the narrative like you can't just kill a vampire you have to kill it with a stake so maybe the stake guns are they're silenced maybe those are silenced and i didn't know I don't know. I just I felt like I was wanting a melee takedown option, and I felt like that was uh, severely lacking. Um, but uh, I'm I'm hoping that that means that there's like a silenced weapon variety that I can. It seems like that would seem like a pretty big oversight if they didn't have that, and so I'm going to assume that that's in the game, um, and maybe they have trailers on that. And I've I've kind of stayed pretty dark on the game, to be honest, because just because I'm really looking forward to it. I will say that my time has 
like well, what, what word's gonna come next to you, Marcus? Is it gonna be good? <laughs> is it gonna be bad? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> he said my time is, and then he's taking a big old pause, and I'm like, that's good. No, okay, no, okay, it's okay. good. My time is really um, answered a lot of my questions, and has kind of. I was trying to think of the right word. Quelled. Quelled okay. my fears. Yeah. Are you more excited for the about... game on the other side of this? Preview? Yes, I am okay. more excited. Absolutely. I can't wait to play more. Um I was I was optim I was cautiously optimistic and now I am just optimistic. Cool. Well, that's um, good. That, that makes me and, excited. Uh yeah. I yeah, I can't wait to play the full game. I'm there's already like paths that I discovered on my playthrough that I'm like, oh, I gotta remember that for real. Hopefully game. they don't hopefully they don't, um, they don't take that out but, by the time it releases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, Harvey Smith told me about one secret path and I couldn't find the one he was talking about. Uh, there's like an underground cave I missed, um, that will like take you somewhere else in the town. Maybe he lied um, to you to mess with you. But yeah. I, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I'm trying to think if I missed anything else. I mean, they've got your typical like open world stuff. I don't really feel like I need to go over it. There's, you know, there are events that happen and side activities that I felt like were, felt appropriate um but overall i just really love exploring the town of redfall and i'm really intrigued there's a lot of the the sites and their their storytelling through the environment has really intrigued me with what's going on in this world and uh yeah it it, it feels like a really strong contender so for what i, I don't know what i don't know strong strong contender and, and you played mostly by yourself <laughs> you said right Oh, uh, completely by myself. Yeah. Okay, because that's that's how I'm gonna play. Like, I'm just a single player guy. So me uh, too. I'm. I, I think walking away from this, I I'm not gonna play this. Yeah, we should definitely do a multiplayer stream when it comes out. Well, we can. We should, that. but my personal playthrough is I'm going to play it solo. Cool. Yeah, I just want to. When do you know when that's out? Off the top of your head. May second. May second. Okay. Yeah, I look forward to trying to finish this in ten days before Zelda comes out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I I will have it. That that is a challenge I will complete. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... But yeah, really like Redfall. I'm excited for more. Uh, I, I got an interview with Harvey at the end of the show. If you want to listen to more, but let's get to Diablo Four. Uh, the beta uh, was this past weekend, and Marcus and I both played it. Marcus, I think you might have played uh, more than me. Uh, but. technically. So this, uh, this Beto for Debo, Debo four, uh, I actually played it last year. There was a press only sort of a preview build that was pretty mm. much the same content as the public beta that just wrapped up. And there was another beta happening this weekend that, uh, opens up the other classes to play. So yeah, I really want to play. Druid. Yeah, I want to try a necromancer because this one you played as the, um, was it sorceress barbarian sorcerer and, uh, yeah, rogue. Rogue. yeah i played as the sorcerer which was fun because i normally don't play mage classes in most rpgs um so yeah for me this was more of a a reintroduction to the game uh running through the same opening missions again um but with a better grasp on everything since i'd done it uh i had a lot of fun with it it's um i'm I'm probably like a baby Diablo for, or a player. I three was my first one, and even then I came to it late. Like I played the Switch version of Diablo three with all the oh, wow, expansion yeah. stuff already sort of baked into it. Uh, but I enjoyed that game, and I like this one at least so far more. I like the maybe my the biggest thing I'm enjoying most is how much 
more challenging and somewhat deliberate the combat feels. Uh, like, I thought Diablo 3's combat was good, but I also, and maybe it was just me, I don't know, but from what I remember of playing that game, there were a lot of times where I felt like I was just kind of, like, blasting through enemies somewhat mindlessly, where, like, even though I had all these abilities, it didn't feel like I, it, it mattered which ones I used sometimes. It's like, oh, they're all going to blow up, basically. <laughs> so I'll just spam whatever until their cooldowns expire. Whereas this one, and I think the addition of the evade is a good example of this, where the enemies uh, attack more viciously and, and come in such large numbers that it feels like I have to think a little bit more about what I want to use. Uh, so I'm, as the mage, I've got like uh, fireballs and, and ice spells and, and lightning. And I, By the way, I really like the animation on some of those fire they spells. They look nice uh yeah the the uh the plume that you shoot out like the uh the beam of fl- yeah fire. you're just full like phoenix wow. mode basically yeah uh, yeah that's yeah. a good one i like the uh the chain lightning one that just bounces between it, it bounces <clears throat> off you as well as enemies and you can just wipe out groups pretty quickly with that thing that looks cool that's awesome i, I had a quick question real on this topic you said you use the word evade um yeah is so there was a role in diablo 4 this is a different mechanic yeah there's no there's this is the first time they've ever added a role like diablo 4 is introducing that i thought to, well are you sure i thought the big thing about diablo 3 on console was they added a role they're adding a sidestep they're okay. adding an evade yeah because they uh, which is like so, a okay dash. so it is yeah, like mechanically it's like a dash different role. okay it's on a little cooldown. Yeah. it's not yeah. long oh okay but it cool, is cool. it is on a cooldown. like you gotta wait a few seconds for that that time. actually there used to be like a roll. Right, okay, roll. which was more just about moving around in a different way. Yeah, I, I only remember because okay. during the previous cycle, they were making a big deal about like, oh, we've never done this before. Cool. That Well, that actually makes me more interested than I ever have been in Diablo because I, I ran into what you're talking about in Diablo 3 a lot, Marcus, where I was like, I'm just kind of like pressing cooldown. I'm just like waiting for the picture to light up again so I can press it. Where if you're like actually like evading and making more impactful decisions like that, that's like way more interesting to, to me, you know? That sounds cool. It makes the... It adds more tension to the fights where you you, you know you, evading is more of a, you have to be pretty thoughtful about when you use it. Yeah, no, that's you know, great. You'll, you'll act you'll use it mindlessly and you're like, oh, I'm surrounded now and I can't evade immediately. <laughs> like I should have maybe waited. Yeah. I could have maybe ran around this or, or whatever. Uh, I like managing that in fights. Uh, the world is uh, at least from the chunk because the the beta takes place in fractured peaks which is one of the five zones it's the opening zone big uh ice winter place uh it's gigantic there's so many side dungeons and that's one of the big things with this game is that they're going for a non-linear progression where there's multiple story quests that you can tackle in any order um even in the beta even though you can only um only one or a couple of threads are open for the beta but you can see the other ones on the map and they just say like you can't go here yet but i guess it's just to show off like you could go here in the, in the real game uh i think that's cool yeah i'm always a fan of non-linear progression if it's done well like it just have that just gives me more agency to form my own adventure and make decisions that feel like they have weight of like well in my mind if i was in this world i think this mission would be more important than this one right <laughs> so yeah i'm yeah. gonna go do it yeah uh so that's fun, but yeah, like it, it's giving me sort of the Bethesda RPG thing of like it's so easy to get sidetracked when you're going towards a main objective and you pass a dungeon. You're like, I should go in there real quick, and you think like 
it won't take long. And then like 30 minutes later, <laughs> you're like, oh, what was I doing after I went through this surprisingly huge dungeon and I got this cool affix in it? And also you can see all of the affixes that the dungeons give you before you even go in. So it's even more of a draw of oh, like, nice. if I do this, I'll get this cool ability. And that's yeah. Nice. And, yeah. And it also lets you choose the dungeon because if you see one that looks like, oh, actually, it'd be cool to have this now. I'm going to go just do that. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, looks nice. Plays well. I was I was really surprised by the little moments in the story that the little scripted moments in the story. Like I feel like sometimes these games can fall into like you're just chatting with an NPC in a text box. Yeah. And um, like in 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 the preview, you are essentially like dragged into. You are kind of hit on the. You're poisoned and drugged and like you are then dragged into like a separate area of the level that you didn't have access to before and like this little you know story scene plays out and i felt like there was less of that in past well, they, games yeah um, and that's being like blizzard's one of their big goals with this one is that they want this to be more cinematic and they're still like they said this yeah. has the most cutscenes of any diablo game they've ever done uh you know it's got that beautiful cinematic that we've seen before you know, with the uh, with Lilith coming back and, and killing those yeah. those idiot guys. Uh, but even in game, like you'll see a lot of like more in game cutscenes uh, happening. Mm-hmm. Just I feel like really brought me into the story um, in a way that old ones did. Same, because like, I think because of the style of game with that isometric view, it does often boil down to just reading text boxes over little action figures <laughs> that are zoomed out on the map. Uh, so bringing the yeah. camera in and, and just doing more cinematic angles definitely helps you feel or with me feel more invested in what's going on. Also, the game is super dark. I know they've, they've been harping yeah. on that of like, we're going back to the darkness, baby. You don't bring your kids to Diablo <laughs> four. Don't that touch rainbow. that brightness dial on your TV. Keep it low. We've disabled it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like from that dark opening to the little, uh, the moment you mentioned Alex and in, in the beginning and even just some of the side stories yeah. you're like man this is a this is a miserable world to live in <laughs> and uh very twisted very bloody and gory but in a in a not depressing way it's that sort of like cool like I never played Diablo 1 and 2 I noticed that's what this game is sort of harkening back to and that's what I guess what a lot of fans wanted but it's sort of that more kind of heavy metal darkness that feels more cool than depressing Mm. you know uh like those new spider host enemies were just like those the the people that are just possessed or like have the giant spider lashed on their head is just puppeting their bodies around like weird stuff like that we're like oh my god (laughs) okay that's Mm -hmm. weird and creepy uh and yeah this game's just creepy and dark but it's also just a really nice world from at least the stuff that I've seen in the dungeons I've been in. Uh, it's fun. It's, it's such a, it's such a time sink when you really get into it. Uh, like yeah. time just melts away. And what I also like about it, cause you know, they're going full on live service with this game. You know, it's, it's always online. There's uh, always other players in your world. Uh, but this was something they told me uh, last god whenever i did the press thing last year um you're not gonna see a gazillion players running around which is great you only see a few in different instances of the world so it still feels like your own solo adventure 
but then it makes it novel when you do come across another person because it doesn't happen that often but there are times where like i was doing one of the live events you know that happens and i was fighting this really tough enemy by myself and then some person just showed up out of nowhere and basically like saved my ass <laughs> and you kind of have like a moment you do like a head nod like hey man thanks a lot and then you just go your separate ways and i i like that level of interaction where it almost feels like journey a little bit where like i can't direct. yeah it's like oh you can more directly interact with them and that you know you have emojis that you can use but other than that it's like if we wanted to maybe run together for a bit we could but if we want to just could you duel there is pvp i don't i yeah. don't remember off the top of my head if it's active in the beta or not um but it okay, is a thing yeah. in the game like you can they, they're keeping that yeah, yeah there's there's a whole thing with that but but yeah, you can if you want to be a little jerk. <laughs> I guess I do. Is that, is that your mo? <laughs> Just terrorizing <Yeah>. people. <laughs> what else am I getting powerful for if not to to fight that's others? True. Yeah, I mean, what's the point? But yeah, I I'm not. I don't care about saving the world, Marcus. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to uh, play multiplayer. Did you do that thing at all, Alex? Or did you play it by yourself? I strictly I paid ninety minutes solo. I got through the first town. Like the first little, like the first main like town, opening. like the k- Yeah, I beat the first little boss. Kojistan, yeah, yeah, was, like, yeah. I'm gonna butcher yeah. his names. So, I essentially got. I stopped right when they were like, "All right, go to the next place," and I was like, "I got things to do. This is cool. I want to play more." Gotcha. Are you gonna jump back in with this uh, second beta? So I'm going to Boston this weekend oh, for right, PAX, right. and I get home Sunday night, and I am planning to boot it up and try druid because that's the class i've been wanting to try uh since they started talking about it and uh yeah i i want to be my i want to control the animals and uh i wonder if they'll have a different starting area or if i'll start in the same spot i'm not sure i mean i would assume you start because that seems to be the starting area for just like the game i bet i, I could run through it pretty quick then <laughs> yeah i could run through it pretty quick i bet now that yeah. i've done it and at least you can do different um, things once you get you know, if you don't want to do Past the story that. stuff, there's like I said, the world's pretty open. You can just go anywhere and do whatever for the most part. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my problem with this beta is I just I like Barbarian, uh Rogue. I I, I play Rogue in other games. I feel like I've done that to death. Same thing a little bit with Sorceress. And so I just really wanted to try something a little different and some I really want to play Druid. Yeah. I like the uh the new or I guess larger skill tree. There's a ton of that thing is yeah, very I do big, too. and it feels like you have so much yeah. more agency over how you progress your character and just all different trees and then sub trees mm-hmm. within a single ability where you're almost kind of I'm I'm super excited. Like they are cranking the RPG dial. Yeah, you know, did you find the pieces of armor that have skills baked into them where you can use a skill before you have unlocked it if you have that armor? No, yeah, that's a new thing where you'll that's cool. and it kind of it lets you sample it so that when you do get to one of the tree, you can decide if you actually want to like unlock it to keep. Uh, but yeah, I found yeah. like an armor that gave me uh some sort of fire spell that was like a good ways down the tree because I was like looking for. It. I was like, I know it's in here, but where I was like, oh okay, it's gonna be a while before I actually get to this. But by then, I'll have made a decision yeah. if I want to keep actually invest points in that or not. But that's another cool touch. That's to, awesome. You know, making the the loot even cooler because you know these are obviously big on loot hell yeah kyle are you uh you looking forward to playing diablo um we'll see not it's not really my genre i mean we i've talked yeah. about wool long a couple times about how i just 
actively was not interested in the loot. I'm I don't care about loot in video games, and that that doesn't really click yeah. with a Diablo player. <laughs> That's a pretty big, yeah, but pretty I big mean, part. like what was Marcus say, was saying about thing, like being more engaged with the combat, like that. That's uh, enticing. Yeah. I might have to might have to check it out for that reason. Okay, I was gonna say, Kyle. I know yeah. you, you can do the thing in Diablo where you, if you can just focus on one, <laughs> excuse me, armor set mm. and just keep upgrading it and upgrading it or weapon, then not even bother with other stuff if you feel married to a just a particular weapon or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, and it's then just me, ditch everything else. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I'm such a weirdo in that like n- no Blizzard game has ever like really draw dro- like pulled me in in a big way. The closest was like Overwatch, and even that I was I like was like okay i get it <laughs> like i'm good i mean do you think you do you want to be or do you think you should be based i, th- on I what think they i make should be i feel like they are a like a prominent developer that uh are is important in the sort of history of video games of and people love blizzard you know you're a blizzard super fan and i've never no blizzard game has ever been like super exciting for me but um yeah you know i guess i'm in a similar because i've only ever played I, I didn't grow up with a P gaming PC or PC for most of my childhood, so Blizzard was a complete blank spot. Like, Overwatch was my first Blizzard game. Mm-hmm. And then Diablo 3, and that's it. Never played WoW or Warcraft or StarCraft, but I'm not itching to, because I was like, well, I'm not really... I mean, I've never played a true RTS, but I don't know if I'll like it. And then MMOs are just the whole daunting thing, so I've never really been yeah, particularly interested scary. in playing WoW outside of the historical, like, well, everyone's played WoW, so you should play WoW. Did you play Hearthstone? No, actually. And I've that's probably the biggest question mark. I'm like, oh, I like TCGs enough, you know, the Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Yeah. And but yeah, I I, I think I downloaded Hearthstone on an old PC and then never actually fired it up. <laughs> and then I don't a, have that PC. That's anymore. another one where I was like, you know, I've never liked a card game, but you know, a lot of people said that, and then they love Hearthstone. And I played through the tutorial, and I was like, I'm not going to like this. I'm good. <laughs> See ya. What a bad tutorial. <laughs> it taught me not to play this. Uh, but hey, that's a that's a Kyle problem, mm. you know? That's not that's not a Blizzard problem. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Shit. We'll see. I If it's a huge game, it's kind of like I want to check it out and see what, what everyone gets into. So when it launches, like, I could be singing a different tune. Maybe I'll, I'll give it a shot and see how it goes. It comes out during a very tricky time of year. It shares the same month as Final yeah. Fantasy. And oh, I'll be playing two, that. And they, uh, they're not horribly far apart. A couple days after after Breath yeah, of the Wild. Yeah, I yeah. mean, less than a month after Breath of the Wild. And then also Street Fighter yeah. 6 is that month. And you guys I mean, mean Tears me, of the Kingdom, the just to be clear, right? You keep saying Oh, Breath yes, of the Tears Wild. of the yeah, Kingdom. Just yes, want to make so. sure everyone knows. I was paired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could be playing Breath of the Wild. It, it does yeah, exist you're allowed. in perpetuity. Yeah. So. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, so any other thoughts on Diablo 4 before we uh, move over to answer a listener question? Nah, it seems fun so far. Shaping up. Decided to check yeah. out that second beta and the full Likewise. release. Yeah, I really want to try Druid. Well, cool. Well, uh, we've got a question from Zach Pliggy we're going to answer. Before that, let's get into a little housekeeping. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please go and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can rate us on Spotify. Uh, this week's podcast review comes from Surfs Up 5. They left a five-star review saying, been listening since the end of the Andy era. I really enjoy listening every week. It's cool hearing from the guests and the various GI editors who roll through. You guys help me get through some boring times while I work. Let me tell you what, this gets me through some boring times at work. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
thank you surfs up uh for for that kind review we do appreciate it and we're glad that we can you know bring a little entertainment to your your work week yeah and thanks for being that uh animated penguin movie thanks for also being that yeah thanks for that <laughs> this surfs up oh yeah. okay marcus you should know about that movie because the sequel was wrestling themed and it had a bunch of wrestlers in it. God, that's right. I forgot. Wait, what? I've never seen it, but yeah, they did a sequel I didn't that had that. wrestlers in it. They were penguins. Huh. Yeah, come on. Was it John, was John Cena? Ping- I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he was like John. He was playing a John Cena penguin, I think. Yeah, surfs up to Wave Mania. Come on, everyone knows about this. Alex. Yeah, that's happening in two weeks. Wow. Wave Mania. <laughs> Dang. All right. Uh, I do want to say, if you're going to PAX East in Boston this weekend, I will also be there. If you want to come say hi to me and and say what's up and hang for a minute, uh, I'm going to be on a panel on Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, in the Dragonfly Theater. The panel is the Ultimate Video Game Music Showdown. We're going to be uh, each of us come with a pick for what is the best video game soundtrack, and uh, we're going to be bashing them together like two action figures, seeing it seeing which songs uh, end up being the audience favorite. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So if you're in PAX, if you're in Boston for PAX on Saturday, uh, yeah, stop by the Dragon Pie Theater at 6 p.m. And uh, yeah, and if you see me walk in the halls, definitely say hi. Give them a surf's up to Wave Mania. Yeah, probably won't <laughs> shake. A copy doing, of the movie. <laughs> probably not doing handshakes, just I'm trying to be covid conscious do you do the elbow yeah, what is what is the greeting uh you? i'll do the elbow that's I'll, elbow works a hug? Yeah. Right. uh only if you're a very close friend of mine open but, mouth um, kiss that's for my wife only <laughs> and she won't be there um but yeah if you see me walking around packs uh say hello i uh, would love to connect and uh, whether you're a new face or an old face so uh yeah i just wanted to say Make sure you get a, lob- a lobster roll or some clam chowder while you're there I, I think there's plans to get some good clam chowder. Uh, there's plans to get some uh, really nice roast beef, apparently. Roast beef sandwiches. Um, there's plans for don't. There's a lot of plans. That was the last frozen time. lemonade. I'm what doing karaoke for the second time in my life uh, one night. So it, it'll be fun. Better win. Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, what? Was that, isn't karaoke sort of a competition? Even if it's I, not yeah. like you still want to be better. There than is a winner right? at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. You're right. There is a winner. I know, you know who's going. I'll at least be better than some of them for sure. Uh, I can carry. Maybe that's just my competitive nature, but it's like, this is fun, but I'm also here to kick some ass. You're like working up a sweat at karaoke. I'm just going full, <laughs> like just breaking down dancing on stage. Just, there's a I'm whole the guy routine. who gets up at karaoke and sings the sad songs. Oh, uh, bring it towards down. the end of the night <laughs> bring know? the night well, down then, for everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally just make everybody like all right i think it's time to go i think we've wrapped up is this a good plug zone alex or you want to save that yeah yeah brand? plug zone. Just, i ahead. just want to plug quickly um mid max we're doing deepest dive on resident Evil 4 remake i'll be part of that, oh cool so, yeah tune into that hell uh, yeah is that uh how many are you doing one episode i think we're, I think we're doing three i think we're breaking three? into okay. three chunks and with uh nice. sarah and jeff marky fava um, nice. Yeah. So listen over there. Is that going up this week? Oh no, I, we haven't even. I haven't even started it yet. I think it's next oh, okay. next Monday. I think it's when we'll get started. Because I, I got cool. it comes out Friday. I think right at the time of this recording. Yeah. So I got yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go buy a copy. Play over the weekend. <laughs> That's so. important. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, just wanted to throw um, that out. Yeah. Our super replay still going. 
Yes, that's going yeah, as well. Yeah, Dino Crisis on Fridays, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Uh, yeah, we've, I've been, I've we've, been lurking. I've been watching. We've said this, I think, the last three episodes. I think we're almost done, right, Marcus? <laughs> I decided to stop saying that. <laughs> I'm, tired, I'm tired of lying to people. We're getting there, though. Yeah, no, it's been cool. It's been fun playing uh so we played Silent Hill and Dino Crisis. It's been fun playing PS1 horror games. I think, well, I think we'll do something more contemporary next, something more modern afterward. Yeah. Well, cool. Head over to YouTube. We've got our Resident Evil 4 video review. We've got uh, a couple other stuff going up in the next couple days. Um, YouTube.com slash Game Informer for that. Uh, don't forget to follow the crew here on social media. You can follow Kyle at Kyle M. Hilliard. It's a two L's. You can follow Marcus at Marcus Stewart seven. Follow Blake at Metallica is rad. And you can follow me at it's Van Aiken. Uh, don't forget to go and listen to all things Nintendo, which is our other gaming podcast comes out every Friday hosted by Brian Shea. Uh, they talk about, you guessed it, all things Nintendo. Uh, and lastly, shout out to our podcast editor, Matt storm. Uh, they host uh, two podcasts. I wanted to shout out fun and games and reignite uh, which is a bioware podcast may i ask kyle for your twitter handle you don't have to answer if you're embarrassed but what does the m stand for uh my middle name which i'm sure i've shared before but i'll i'm not familiar i'm gonna guess it's michael no you is there it? is no world where you would ever guess my middle name macaroni damn it marcus <laughs> how did you know <laughs> Uh, hmm. Keep your secrets. Keep your. Secrets. <laughs> I'm sure it's not like you could go find it. I'm sure. Marscapone. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's actually, you know what it is, guys. It's macaroni marscapone is what it is. It's yeah. <laughs> parents are very hungry when they <laughs> they're like it has to be unique, <laughs> right? But yeah, um, there was cool. a Kyle Hilliard already. Um, who gets tagged as me sometimes? Apologies, Mr. Kyle Hilliard mm. out there. He's like, I'm playing Dino Crisis today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get into uh, our listener email section. Uh, this week, we've got one question from Zach Pliggy. If you want to contribute questions for the podcast, email us podcast at gameinformer.com uh, or join the Discord, which you get access to by subscribing to us on Twitch um, and ask a question in there. Um, all right. Zach asks, Capcom has released hit after hit among their franchises. They care about their games and the communities that have taken to these games. But with such hits as Resident Evil, Monster Hunter, Street Fighter, Ace Attorney, and Mega Man, why don't they care that much about Deep Down? (laughs) Why have they buried Deep Down in the depths of nothingness and refused to give us any information on it? Why do they keep breaking our hopes and dreams for the next big Capcom release? Where is my Deep Down signed... The biggest deep down fan, Zach Pliggy. Uh, maybe the only. <laughs> I don't think anyone's anticipating. Buddy, I don't think that game is dead and buried. <laughs> dead and long dead and buried. Was that the last like? Because that came during the sort of at least what I consider the dark period of Capcom before their current renaissance. Yeah. when they were that game uh, is getting eaten by dragon's dogma too for sure yeah like they sacrificed that to a god for their current success yeah. they they took it to mephisto it's the laws and like, of equivalent exchange <laughs> exactly they're like hey if we <laughs> alchemy this thing maybe we'll start making good resident evil games again yeah. um yeah i mean the thing the thing about deep down and and any game that you saw very little of that you were excited about is like 
not always, but but sometimes there's a good reason they decided to move on. You know, I don't didn't play deep down. There's I was Googled it before this podcast. I was surprised that there ever were hands on opportunities with deep down. People have played it. But like there there might have been a good reason that they decided to, to move on. And, you know, Dragon's Dogma 2 is, is coming. You guys is there. <laughs> I mean, some secrets way. are meant to say secrets, you know? Yeah, yeah I like mean, my the, middle name. The most interesting thing about that game was the the real world, the modern day angle, like the twist. Yeah. With oh, that. I thought you I, I misheard you for a second. I was like, oh, they put the real world in TV's real world. <laughs> Uh, into Dragon's Dogma. Exactly. As there were a challenges feature. you had to do. It was it was wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, remember that they were doing almost like an Assassin's Creed sort of twist where you know it was medieval theme, but it was set in the future. Um, it's a cool never idea. Got yeah. any like elaboration of what that meant exactly? Uh, but yeah, that was the thing. I was always I always wanted to know more outside of I think they were. I don't know if it was a confirmed, but it definitely had some like Soulsy vibes. They're like, are they doing a yeah. Souls game? Um, that game, to my knowledge, has that that's never been officially canceled, right? We just all assume it's dead, but Capcom never came out and straight up said, "This yeah, is I think dead." You might be right. Yeah, yeah correct. It's kind of like Beyond Good and Evil Two right now, where like on yeah. in theory there is some person in an office programming deep down as we speak. Yeah, I'm looking at like Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what the so Ono from the Street Fighter team. The release and status of when he left in 2020. That was sort of like the last. Was he involved? Thing in deep down? that was you know Sean Layden said they had no idea what happened to Deep Down. <laughs> this is wild. Like he's an executive at PlayStation. He's like, I don't yeah. Know. Or well, Sean Layden was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PlayStation. You're right. You're totally right. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I, you might be right. I don't think they ever came out and said that it was officially canceled. So. But if you ask them, you think they they won't talk about it? Yeah. Like, do you think they'd be like, oh yeah, we? I guess we forgot no. to tell you guys that they're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Capcom does have a history of taking games that were meant to be one thing and changing them to something else, right? The most fam- famous example being Devil May Cry mm-hmm. was once Resident Evil. And I believe Devil May Cry 2 was even a completely different franchise as well. Before I think Devil, Devil May Cry, Cry 2, 2 was originally going to be a good game. <laughs> that, was, that was the plan. Best laid plans and all that. But um, Well, I'd so say that because like, yeah. they've canceled games like Mega Man Legends 3. You know, that was a very public cancellation. They weren't shy about that. So yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I mean, it's one of those things that it would maybe with Shenmue three actually existing, and you know those like those pie in the sky type, we'll never actually see them type games. A lot of them actually now finally coming out. Maybe deep down is the new one that is like at some stage at an E three in the future they'll surprise us with deep down, and we'll be like, we thought it was dead. It's not. It's deep down two. They just put a number. Don't explain. <laughs> they just it. skipped to two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, didn't that game also do? Wasn't it doing some sort of like online connection thing, like some sort yeah, of unique that online gimmick? Right, that sounds right. I for, I don't even know if it was anything, especially like ten years later. It was like the strand, uh, strand before strand games. I can't remember Never if it was right. supposed yeah. to be a social experience, but I remember there was something about like, yeah, it's an online thing. We're gonna do something cool with the internet, um, which in hindsight probably wasn't anything major, especially ten years later. It's probably been done, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, that's the only other angle I remember about the game outside of the story premise. Um, God, that was a PlayStation 4, like 
I, I still vividly remember watching that announced trailer though at the that first PS4 event that was like in New York yeah. or wherever it was. Do you think Pragmata is going to be the next deep down? Because that's what I think of oh, when I look at that game. Maybe that is the, deep the, down. The, the, the little girl Absolutely. astronaut game. <laughs> Absolutely. They're like this looks wow. really cool, but we know nothing about it, and we haven't. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't seen it in a while. Mm. And you have to remind right. yourself it's not a Kojima game. I, I, that's crazy. It man. really does feel look like a Kojima. It game. does. It does. <laughs> Uh, well, let's wrap up and get out of here. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. We will see you next week. Hopefully, I'll have played a lot of cool indies I can talk about uh, from PAX. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to be it for the show this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. This is an excerpt from my interview with Harvey Smith, the studio director of Arcane Austin. Harvey is leading the direction of Arcane's newest IP, Redfall. It has been edited down um, for a better listening experience. Again, I was on site to uh, write a feature for our magazine, but thought that this conversation would uh, be really appreciated by listeners. Hope you enjoy. I feel like a lot of my questions are kind of answered just by playing it it's amazing how that works right yeah, yeah. like the old saying like talking about music is like dancing about architecture uh and it's like you just want to put it in people's hands but you don't want to do that until it's ready and so it's a nightmare right yeah. like presenting a game explaining a game talking about it you're already like fluent in the kinds of games that we make the sort of venn diagram of all of our games but imagine sometimes we're just talking to somebody who's like they play Forza and Mario or whatever, and it's like, why is what you're doing interesting to you? Yeah, it's funny because all the touchstones of arcane games are present in more or less in all of our games. There's a Venn diagram, like I said. So, like, Prey is probably... I didn't work on Prey, by the way, uh, which was a magical experience for me. I got to come back from living in Lyon for four years and Raph was like, hey, Raph and Ricardo were like, hey, our game's hitting beta. Why don't you play it and give us a bunch of notes? And it was like an arcane game that I didn't work on, like I get to play, you know. Yeah. And so, but it's probably the purest of the kind of experience that we, that arcane was founded to make back in 99. It was founded to sort of make an Ultima Underworld-like game. Uh, and then Dishonored, is like that but follows the model that we used for Deus Ex, which is more like mission-based locations and then fade to black. Some amount of time has passed, fade up, go to a different location for that contrast. And so Ricardo and I have always wondered, like, how would Arcane's values around multiple pathways, multiple approaches, a, a, at least an awareness-based AI, even if you're not straight-up stealth, you know, um, game mechanics can be combined creatively, narrative-rich environments, a lot of environmental storytelling. How does that play in the open world? Well, it plays pretty well in the open world. It's just a lot of work, right? Like if you imagine a, an L-shaped street and you start here and you go past some guards and then there's some graffiti that you want to look at and some, some resources on the roof and you keep going and Granny Rags is throwing stuff out of her apartment and you go up and talk to her, that is 20 beats, let's say, of like... In that block. <laughs> in that L shape, yeah. And that is a certain amount of work. But if you make a big circle around that, that's like two blocks by two blocks, 
like in order to get there, you have to overland travel across the world. If you want that same level of fidelity of environmental storytelling, encounters, graffiti, resources, it's just a massive, it's an exponentially more amount of work, right? To pay attention to and to curate as a director. Um, and so that has been one of the biggest learning lessons from Redfall. It's, it plays well with Arcane's values, open world, but it's a lot of work, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like there are any sacrifices in quotes? Um, not necessarily like, not sacrifices in like a negative sense, but like, okay, well we need to, you know, focus on this instead of this where we would in uh, a non-open world game. It's totally fair. There's trade-offs everywhere, you know, like Redfall is less linear in a sense than our past games uh, because our games are non-linear in the sense that you can choose different powers and different approaches. Maybe you sneak, maybe you go in the back door, maybe you go up to the roof and go through the window. And that's true of all of our games, that sort of non-linear approach. But at a macro level, the other games are more linear in the sense that it's a wide canyon kind of approach. Like it, you may be able to go left and right around the building, but it is still a, a big canyon. And then, you know, um, and Dunwall is built like that, you know. Um, and this is all of the former non-linearity in, in the sense of approach and, and powers and all that, uh, but it is also spatially non-linear. So it's, it, there's a lot of upsides for it, right? Um, you can kind of, if you know you're in the wide canyon, you can kind of bottleneck the player down and count on certain angles and approaches so you can see something dramatic, you can see a, a particular grand vista. It's even more true in this that you might fall off a bridge, be down in a dried out riverbed, like stagger backward into the Addison Mansion. Most people don't find it, but there's like a cave entrance as well. Mm. But like, instead, just come up the stairs and you're in the backyard or whatever. And that's like part of the magic of being the player with agency. You can do it your way. Uh, but it's certainly not as like, oh my God, I was coming down the street and this these two tall boys were firing incendiary arrows at yeah. some, some people infected with the plague. And so there are definitely trade-offs, of course, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm curious... Um, the origins of Redfall, right? Um, it feels like a game that I could like, I could very much just play that solo and enjoy it. Um, but then there's this whole co-op component, and there's even more interaction. And uh, I can just kind of imagine, you know, playing it with friends. Was it multiplayer from the start? Like the origins of it? I was curious if it was like an idea you were wrestling with for a while, or if it was something you know to okay, well this seems like more of a market need and it would also kind of play really well with this style. I was kind of curious where, where that started. Yeah, so <clears throat> in terms of trade-offs with the open world, and I said all the arcane values play really well with that. No, uh, nobody batted an eye at that, really. That's interesting. Uh, but co-op is the one that, that said, wait a second. People are like, there are going to be a lot of trade-offs here. Like, I can, you know, we're, we're playing and like... Anything I do goes from me up to the server down to all the players. So, like, you know, if you tried to do a Clockwork Mansion-style mission, pull the lever and the stairs, all the, you know, stair pieces collapse so that the enemy walking on it falls or something, right? Like, in your world, he might, it might be a few steps away from stepping on the stairs. In my world, it might already be down the stairs. In another player's world, it might be right in the right spot. And so what do you do when you pull that lever? Do you warp it to the right place? Do you do people see it floating in the air? It's it's obviously co-op. It's yeah, it 
it changes things. You can't do certain things, right? Yeah. Um, and so as to why, I just wanted to note that, that there's probably bigger trade-offs with co-op than there are open world, right? Uh, on the other side, on the other hand, there are upsides to playing co-op that are crazy. Um, from day one, Ricardo and I sat down and said, what are we going to do next? I had just done eight years of Dishonored. Dishonored 1, Knife of Dunwall, Brigmore Witches, Dishonored 2, Death of the Outsider. I love Dishonored, but I had been eight years in the same creative space. Uh, we wanted to do something fresh. We wanted to do something new. We've been really lucky in our careers to work on new IP, which is its own challenge. It's, game development is hard, but on top of that, new IP is even harder. Your team just doesn't understand anything on day one. You spend yeah. the first two years telling the story of a game the way it should feel and look and play the right tone before the game exists. Yeah. And all your partners, like marketing and everybody else who's trying to communicate out, you know, like early on, you know, people might have looked at our team and said, oh, a bunch of smack-talking badasses. And we're just like, no, normal people who care about each other. You know, and that, that's a, a directorial tonal shift, right? And you have to, like, that's one out of a million elements, right? So new IP is hard, too. But anyway, we, we're like, let's pitch a new IP. What if we did a spooky, haunted New England town and we gave it the same treatment that we gave Talos 1 or Dunwall, where the place is so well realized with a history and environmental storytelling. Um, and we drew from Salem's Lot and from other references history. Uh, and for once, we used a real world setting, but fictionalized, you know. And, you know, there's so much going on in the world where a tiny percentage of people are living better than kings of old and they're draining the life out of the rest of the world. Like literally, rivers are drying up. You know, there's huge disaster coming. Also that people, a tiny group of people can have private jets and giant mansions and all. Yeah. And so vampires, monsters are always metaphors. And so vampires seem like the perfect metaphor for the age that we're living in. Uh, Science-based, you know, a blood biomed startup, you know, this is where we started. And we both were kicking around a lot of ideas. We were talking about, can we make this open world? And we know that Solo, which by the way, sometimes people say things like, oh, you've predominantly built a co-op game, which is not true. Yeah. Like, we've spent as much or more time making sure the solo version of the game is right as we have working on the co-op, right? They're both huge undertakings. But it's, it's inarguable, inarguably true that Solo, this game is more on the immersive sim Venn diagram somewhere, right? Yeah. It's, it's closer to that experience people know us for. Adding one other person, you can still get some of that. Uh, let's, dude, let's play. Let's play at a slower pace. Let's use stealth. Hang on, I'm reading something. What do you think happened in this room? Like, there's only two of us. We might get overwhelmed. It's still, it still has some of that, right? Three people, four people, it's not that experience anymore. Yeah. It's fair to say that a four-player co-op game is something completely different. It gets wild and party-like. Now, again, the upside trade-off there is it's wild and party-like and people really fucking love it. In my dream world, everybody would play through solo once, then they would add a friend, then they would add more people, you know, uh, play different characters or whatever. But back to your original question, from day one, we were like conceiving this mass of location. And uh, at first we started with character classes before we really dug in with the writers and defined the people. Um, and the backstory 
and the idea that it was open world in there's two districts you saw one of them today uh and they're both about a kilometer and a half by a kilometer and a half which is it's not as big as some but it feels right for on foot we're not a vehicle based game but vehicle based games the the density of environmental storytelling and resources and encounters is more spread out and what we wanted was very dense lived in you can feel the history of the place you know what happened in this room you know uh just like in Dunwall and so this feels like the right scope and scale it's a pretty big open world district and then there's two of them you know um but early on that's what we wanted you know like open world and we wanted and we said as much as you can like take one character and your powers and in arcane games we're constantly have to remind people use your powers use your powers like in dishonored this was a huge thing people would just sword fight and sneak and we're like use your powers the game gets more fun the more you use your powers and the story gets stickier the longer you play because you really start to get invested this is a perpetual problem that we have where we we count on those 4 hours people playing and thinking to use their powers but anyway back to what i was saying as much as it's true that with a given character and your powers playing solo you can combine the mechanics in creative ways um it then also happens that people spread that across characters so like as if let's say i'm playing as remy alone <coughs> it's going to occur to people at some point that uh and i and we didn't plan this this is something that occurred to us along the way that because brebone can be destroyed but not fully destroyed you can repair him he can be downed um Remy can attach her C4 to him, back off and use his draw aggro power to bring people in and then destroy them, right? That's an emergent combination you can use as Remy with your powers. That's really cool. And when it occurs to you, it's a mag it's magic, right? It's not the gameplay. The gameplay's cool and indirect. We always like the indirect. If we can support the indirect instead of the shoot in the face, we we like that, of course. It it makes people feel clever. Uh it allows them to be clever. um but the power really is in that epiphany like when you finally give in and start experimenting with systems and your approach and your style are you going in guns blazing you're sneaking are you getting on the roof are you engaging with the story in an in a pull way an inference way those things start to click and that's i think long term that's why some subset of people just play our games over and over and over and over um but it's the epiphany about how you can use your powers that are cool and so now there's some version of that and this is the earliest conversation that made us uh drawn to the idea of if we're going to do multiple characters what if they could play together is that can happen across characters yeah. so like Remy putting down C4 and boom jumping and then Layla dropping in a lift and you hitting the lift and bouncing even further is we saw in that video today is a good example Jacob being on the roof with his uh his ult you know like mm-hmm. two of the powers of the there's a bunch of powers you can upgrade them all two of three of them are active two of the active ones can be recharged over time pretty quickly one of them requires you have to build up psychic residue okay. and then you can use it right you probably saw some of that today yeah, but as jacob he has the this power called heartstopper we summons this ghostly sniper rifle it's part of his backstory and from a roof he can hit a lot of people in that time period with that power Layla can get him on up on the roof with her lift. That's a simple simple version of how the powers combine in a cool way and it feels synergistic between your squad. So that's kind of what we were going for. That was the initial conversation that led us to 
pursue that. And we knew there would be trade-offs, but we knew that it might be worth it, you know, uh, playing co-op. As a creative director, what's your view on the relationship between like the, the relationship between creativity and serialization? Kind of like you've got these sweeping products that can go eight years long, right? How does that affect your creative space? Ah, uh, that's interesting. I generally don't think about that too much. That's fair. You know, like when Raf and I set out to work on Dishonored 1, uh, the company had approached us, Bethesda, and they had the possibility of acquiring the Thief license, and they had the possibility of acquiring the Blade Runner license. And Raf and I were fucking beside ourselves because those two properties are in our probably different prioritized but they're in our top five for sure and so we both began working on these two pitches and I was predominantly leading the Blade Runner one he was predominantly leading the Thief one and one at a time those got cancelled and we were both just like making jokes about you know this is the end right you know I can't can't deal with losing this and we thought well Bethesda is not going to work with us now and instead our contact there approached us and said, no, 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 we want to work with you guys. We have this ninja pitch. What do you think about it? And we were like, what if it wasn't ninjas? And we went away and thought about it, and that, that was dishonored, right? It wasn't ever a long-term plan. It was just there was more story to tell. I really wanted to advance the clock and talk about Emily 15 years later. Um, I really love Delilah as a character. She seemed bigger than DLC, right? We love Billy Lurk, and she... Closing out that, that particular arc felt very powerful. And so with, with Redfall, you know, we are going to support the game for a while. I don't know how long. It depends on fan appetite probably, just like with everything. But, like, uh, we have plans for additional characters, weapons, enemies, other stuff that we can't talk about yet. Um, and, again, there's no MTX. There's no, no uh, store in the game or whatever. Um, but we have plans for all that, and we, we hope to, just like we always do, bundle it up and, and you know, uh, provide it later. Um, and so, you know, we'd love to support Redfall for a while while we're ramping up on something else in the background. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Harvey. It was yeah, it was very to nice to meet you, finally. Really yeah. it. Uh, could I have your mic back? No, I'm going to keep it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs>